All right, hey everybody, this is Guap Brady. Welcome to the Guapcast. We're here live with the amazing Dr. Christina Gordon. Say hello here. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to the world. We're here live. Um, so excited to be here. We're in, uh, is this Scottsdale still? Yeah, it is. We're in Scottsdale. Where? It's so beautiful, right? Oh my goodness. I didn't expect Scottsdale to be as great as it was. Like, mm-hmm. I always had an idea of Arizona as like dry, out of the way, this and that, this and that. I got here, I was like, Wow, the weather's great. Oh, yeah. It's like an oasis. It's a paradise, really. It really is. I was not a huge fan of, like, the desert scenery, a lot of dirt. But when I was driving through, I was like, I can get used to this. This Oh, same. When I moved here, um, I thought it was the ugliest place I'd ever seen. (laughs) I'm from California, and it grew on me very quickly. But, um, it, it, you know, it has its own charm, that's for sure. What part of California are you from? Uh, Carmel, California. It's uh, about two hours south of San Francisco. Okay. Very cool. I think I played volleyball in Carmel one time. Oh. Long, long time ago. Yeah, there's actually, people do that on Carmel Beach. Really? They do. That might be the beach. Yeah. That's so cool. What brought you out to Arizona? So I came here to go to a flight school up in Prescott called Embry-Riddle and so I'm fully qualified to fly airlines, like airliners, you know, really? um, jets, all of that. I would have to get a type rating actually, um, but you only get that when you get hired with an airline. So but yeah, I'm a flight instructor, multi-engine instrument uh, rating, all of those things. Yeah. Um, I know it's, you look confused. Yeah, that was a left <laughs> turn. I was not expecting that one at all. Right. How did you get into that? So my dad was the pilot for United and he absolutely loved it. Now that was the time when, you know that movie, um, Catch Me If You Can? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was so glamorous flying back then and he was like a god in all honesty. And um, then the industry changed a bit and it wasn't god status anymore (laughs) but he still loved it so much and um and my brother is the pilot he flies for united as well and yeah so i just thought it was great we get we got free travel we traveled the world when i was growing up um my dad made amazing money he had tons of time off and i was like sweet this sounds great i can retire you know right out of college or something that's what it (laughs) seemed like and like you know be this jet setter and uh it uh, didn't turn out to be like that because to me, flying flight training is super fun. It's very dynamic, it's challenging. There was one woman to 14 men at my school, so it was quite different then. There's a lot more women in the field now. And um, it, it was great because I just love that environment so much. And it just, I, I have a lot of male friends, so it just fit with me. And um, then I realized, hold up. I I don't want to be flying for hours on end with nothing. Like, I need mental stimulation, number one. And then I, I love helping people get the lives they want. And that was never going to happen, except for getting them to their beautiful <laughs> vacation destination. Um, but I love that, that connection with people. So I, I pivoted or did a 180 and got my doctorate in psychology. What yeah. was that transition like? Was it... Oh, it was, uh, to be honest, I was so freaked out. I, um, but it, it was just one of those changes, and I highly recommend it for everybody. Um, when you get that, that intuition that this isn't right for me, and I can have whatever I want. 
<laughs> and and I was just like, what do I want? And I I thought I am so passionate about psychology. I always was. Uh, when I was 17 and deciding which college to go to, I was not thinking I wanted to go to eight years of school and a year internship and a year residency and all of that, you know. Um, I was thinking I want that vacation lifestyle. I was very into competitive horse riding and I wanted to keep that up. You know, I had 17-year-old values, so uh, yeah. But, but I was freaked out because I knew nothing about psychology. However, I got really good grades. And so they were like, welcome. And it's private school. They're like, you have money. Come on in. Like, we'll start this. So Where did you go to school? Um, I went here in Arizona. It's called the Arizona School of Professional Psychology. And then they later, they had, well, in, interestingly, they just totally closed about a month ago. All Whoa. of their campuses. I know. I really have no idea why that happened. Um but uh, a wonderful school and it, like most states had one and then it later became the American School of Professional Psychology. And I've heard of that. Yeah, it was great. And um, they're under the umbrella of Argosy University and uh, I loved it so much. It was a really great place. A lot of these things are online now and um, I don't know how that works, but I love that in-person element, knowing all my professors, you know, seeing that wisdom in person, you know, that mentor apprentice relationship I believe has existed since the dawn of time and it's a way to really accelerate uh, getting where you want to go and so having that in-person element was great I loved that school who was your mentor oh my gosh so I've always had probably at any time in my life um, past the age of 20 I've always had two um, like right now I have a mentor who's a woman and um, she's amazing and, and we connect on that level about many things about life and she's very wise and then I also recently started with a new uh, coach, a business coach and he's amazing as well um, and you know back then it was really the professors I really connected with you know, um, I could feel their heart you know, and that they were doing it for the reason of just helping their fellow man and that they were very good at it and they had found like a niche and uh, were very successful at it because I think when you provide value to the world, which is business, right? Providing value, um, the money just comes, you know? And, and they would use that money not only to create freedom for themselves, but also help the world you know help uh, veterans one of my really great mentors um, she would help veterans that came back and was involved in an equine therapy program you know um, what's so, equine therapy oh it's so amazing it's so horses um, are very intuitive and emotionally sensitive animals and which is counterintuitive right they look kind of like these big dumb animals <laughs> they're not <laughs> they are not they are so I recently even watched um you all can watch this on PBS it's fantastic it's a two-part series called Equus E-Q-U-U-S and they they have done studies um <laughs> on showing horses the uh, different expressions of, you know, anger on a human face, sadness, happiness, and the horses across the board, it could be like this little pony, it could be this huge, massive horse. The horses have a language, and for example, I don't know exactly what the language is, um, but uh, let's say there's an angry face. 
the horses are, like uniformly would respond by lowering their head, you know, and like putting their ears back a little bit and lowering the head and so they have a language to understand human emotion and what they also do is they reflect it back to people um they're like mirrors you know and and they they heal people it's amazing that's amazing i didn't yeah. know that horses oh, were so that in depth so powerful um yeah. back to the mentor if yeah. somebody was looking for a mentor today yeah. how would you recommend them finding one well definitely through networking um that is something that I actually teach people how to do because I have a, this natural ability to do it. And people have, ever since I started doing it, been like, hey, how do you do this? You meet people that it just blows my mind, right? Like you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I have allergies. And so it's, uh, I meet, yeah, it's, it's networking, it's connecting with people. I believe we all have this innate desire to connect with other humans and and I think we attract people like us you know um and I'm I'm always on the lookout for people who are at on a higher plane than me I don't mean better than me I don't believe anybody's better than anybody else um but they can help me level up you know they have done the work they've evolved past the point I'm evolved at and and it's you know it's really something that it's always relative right there are people that aren't evolved to the plane I'm on and there are people that are evolved above me and uh, that's one thing I love about working as a coach now is you're like I'm not only working with my mentor and my coach but I'm working with the long line the infinite line above them who's coaching them and who's coaching them you know and it's it's just great I think it's just a model for life very nice very nice so tell me about your coaching career um, and what you do now with your clients and everybody that you're connected with. Absolutely. So my company is The Achievers Coach, and I, um, I've been doing this for 13 years, you know, coaching and counseling people. I have my doctorate in psychology, and so that informs what I do. However, I'm not doing psychological work. Um, coaching is very different. It's it's you're on an equal playing field you know i'm i'm pro or responsible for the process not the results you know Mm. which is it's such a fun thing to do because like i just mentioned you know i'm on that that higher plane um in not in all areas i mean there's there's they're always better at something than i am you know Uh um and i learn from my clients so much it's it's so fun um but uh, remind me of your question. What was it? <laughs> what, yeah, you basically answered it. What is Did coaching I? like for you? Like yeah, what? so to me, it's it's something that is my life purpose. Wow. You know? Like, I believe we all have a mission in life. And I came to a point in my life where I realized my life is finite. I'm not going to be here forever. You know, there was a point at which I was bungee jumping and skydiving. I still like doing those things, hey. by the way. Um but uh, I was like, ah, I'm invincible. I'll just do whatever, you know. I got on the motocross track, first time riding a motorcycle. I was like, I can do it. I did. I skinned, like, all the skin off my arm at the very end, which was lame. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had that invincibility that I think we all go through, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it, it shifted, and I was like, you know what? My life is not about me. I There was a time... It, it was just pivotal, you know, this purgatory of sorts where I was like, man, you know, I've done all these really cool things in life. I've traveled the world. 
I've met amazing people, um, loved so many people, and and I'm still feeling like, well, I'm not dead. Yay! <laughs> and and like, like, I still have a ton of life left. And it began to shift. Like, you know, my life is not about me. It's about helping other people. Do I enjoy, you know, a spa day or going to Italy? Whatever. Yeah, of course I do. This is life. Like, it's, I love life. And I have my dad to thank for that. He loved life so much. And, and it's priceless. That is the main thing I work on people with is connecting with the essence of life and the joy of life. Because if that is in place, it, it's where all of the passion and drive comes from That in everything I do and in everything I coach people to do. Because, you know, it's really sad. A lot of people, um, they have lost that or maybe they've never even had it. And I believe it's innate our ability to connect with that child inside of us that just wants to have a great time and and I do have a great time all the time and and it's I mean I feel happy every day do I feel angry do I feel pissed off yes of course they do um and I let those those emotions come through me I'm not like hey no don't feel that that's ridiculous um it's almost like riding a horse it's almost like I drop the reins and I'm like okay I'm gonna honor this emotion and let it move through me and and fully feel it uh in a from a place of surrender and then when it's moved through me and it feels complete then I gather the reins back up and I'm I'm a it's emotional mastery you know um and I teach people to do that because if you want to be a successful entrepreneur you better learn that um, because, you know, people are so reactive, you know, mm-hmm. and there are always going to be people that you run into in networking that you're like, oh, I don't like this person or they overstep your bounds or whatever. And, you know, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like I, my mission is so strong. Those things are, they're not even bump, <laughs> bumps in the road. They're, they're just part of life. It's part of the flow we're all in. I don't have energy on it. I used to. I am not perfect, everybody. I have been to hell and back in my life in several areas. I watched my dad die right in front of me. Um, There are many things that have just shaken my soul. Um, But I think that's who I am today. And I think we all go through those things because they help us level up and they help us be of service to the world in a better way. Because uh, if I hadn't gone through those things, how could I possibly coach people through, you know, the things that are shaking their soul, you know, because uh, we all have it. And when people look like they have a perfect life, I promise you they do not. Nobody does. There is always room for improvement. And the main areas I work on are, you know, that joy essence of life that has to be in place. It really does. And and, you know, we all say to a degree, I believe this very strongly, you know, I'll have fun when, I'll do this when, I'll go uh, on that amazing European vacation when my business makes this much money or whatever, right? Um, I don't believe in that. I think you have to infuse your life with those things, you know, and, and what am I going to do that's amazingly fun that I can just get in that place of like being a child and almost ridiculous, you know, that reckless abandon that kids have. I love them so much. When you watch a three-year-old, they don't care. 
They do whatever <laughs> they want. <laughs> and, and, you know, what can I do on a Tuesday that, that gets me to that place, you know? Wow. Yeah, just the other day I was like, I'm going to go ride that horse bareback that I want to buy. That beautiful, gray, beautiful horse that reminded me of my childhood horse, you know? And I just, I take action and I go do those things because we don't have to wait. And none of us knows how long we're going to be here. You guys hear that? You don't have to wait. Yes. Uh, I hear so many times people trying to get their ducks in a row. And I I recommend, and I've noticed a lot of successful people, just take the shot and then try and line it up afterwards and yep. correct from there. I so agree. I, life is heuristic. And heuristic means trial and error, trial and error. Try, it's not scientific. It's not like step one, step two, you know, make this much money, then have fun, then have a life, right? And, you know, I was at fault. I came psychologically. I was like, okay, so I have my doctorate and now I'm going to be happy. Now it's time to do X, Y, and Z in my life. And I really learned from that because there were years of my life that are just honestly a blur. And I don't remember what happened because I was a 4.0 student. You know, I was just very involved in my certain activities that were achievement based. I've always been a high achiever. Dance horses flying you know when I was uh, um, in gymnastics when I was younger just always and and being a high achiever is an amazing thing but I think it can become obsessive and you don't connect with the joy of life and and you lose yourself you know I really help people find themselves again and yeah and create that time and money freedom that we all want right because if you have Many of my clients over the past 13 years, I've worked with over 400 people. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they they have tons of money, right? But they don't have time freedom, and they don't have mental freedom and serenity. They are with their kids, and they are not there mentally, right? They're they're jumping over and getting on the phone, or they're on the phone in their head, even if it's not happening. Um, it their legacy is impacted by not being connected with themselves and their mission and not being, not having that fulfillment and balance, um, not having that relationship with their wife and their kids and themselves, you know, and their purpose in life. And so I, I just love helping people with that stuff and also with those relationships that personally, many times, it, in all honesty, it's a disaster. They're amazing at business. And they can just, you know, conquer the world in that area. But um, personally, they, they're divorced, they're struggling, they pick the wrong people over and over to have romantic relationships with. Their friends stab them in the back. They don't know who their real friends are. They don't even really know what a real friend is. You know, I'm, I'm saying things like, you know, have you ever had that friend that you could just tell anything to? And it was like, warts and all, they loved you. And they're like, yeah, when I was like 15, you mm. know, and, and it's sad, but we can all have that now, you know. What do you, what qualities do you think make up a great relationship partner and then also a great friend? Oh my gosh, I love that question. So a great relationship partner, I, to me, because, <laughs> excuse me, I have been working on myself for 20 years. I mean, always, like seminars, workshops. Um, I've been to various types of therapy and, and in some of my training you had to do to be um, 
trained in a certain type of therapy, you had to actually get your own therapy in that. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was amazing because it gives you that perspective, right, on yourself. And books I've read, I mean, sheesh, I've never done it, but I would go see a medicine man. Like, doesn't matter, right? Um, and I find these things through networking. It's so valuable. In fact, there's a saying that is network equals net worth. And I think it's very true. And for me, freedom motivates me, right? So I, I believe finding somebody who is motivated by the same things you are, their same values. Freedom is a value to me. Um, having fun is a value to me. My top value is love. And I want to leave a legacy of love for the world. Now, he doesn't have to have that value. He can have his own value, of course, but he certainly has to have that compass that guidance system that that just permeates everything that he does and is on that growth path when I met him you know many of my um, boyfriends in the past over that 20 years right have uh, met me and then they started growing but it wasn't really uh, something that they were consciously choosing they were just seeing how happy I was in all honesty <laughs> and they were like, I want that too and so yeah um, other qualities, I would say, uh, you know, it's interesting because there is this phenomenon of opposites attract, right? And people tend to, in my experience, resist that. And they're like, ah, but you, couples who play together stay together and all of that. I do agree with that. But um, all the time I meet people where their relationships get just get better every year. And it's amazing. They are so opposite. In fact, two of my very closest friends just got engaged a week ago. I'm so excited for them. And when I first, I was friends with her first and then I met him and I was like, doesn't make sense. They are <laughs> polar opposites. However, I learned that somebody like that can help you grow exponentially because if I date a clone of myself which I've I've tried in the past I'm like you gotta like this you gotta like that you gotta have this relationship with your family you know and communicate with me in this way and all that stuff and um now I see that for me that that has limited my growth you know if I meet somebody who is very different than me but has those qualities I just discussed I it, they expand my mind they they on a spiritual level I grow so much more very cool wow and you asked about friends I would say with friends um I'm always really encouraging people to find friends who first of all they resonate with on just they just vibe with them on that level where it's like wow, I just feel really safe with this person. I feel that way with you. That's why we're sitting here. Because I was like, <laughs> we have to talk. Because um, you just have this like joyful, um, you've got that, you're very in touch with that child inside. And <laughs> and it's, um, my child inside is like, hell yeah, let's go play. <laughs> but you're also very grounded, you know, and you're on that mission. You love people. These are all values of mine, right? And so I, I just <laughs> am attracted to people like that on a friendship level because it's like, what is attraction? It's like, it's that certain something. It's the wavelength, you know? I was know? thinking vibration. Yeah, yeah. it's vibration. And, um, and then I also, it's people who hold me accountable, you know? They'll tell me um, 
where I'm effing up, <laughs> where, but in a way that I never take offense to because I know it's coming from their hearts. And I tell them too. And, and also, you know, I mess up. There are things that I have to make amends for. I did it with just with a friend the other day. Like she finally broke up with this guy who is not, like I was saying, on her um, evolutionary yeah. level. And she's constantly like, please come up to my level, right? And that doesn't mean there's anything bad or wrong about him. It's just their match is off. And and it was one of those on again, off again relationships. Yeah. And and I'm just like, oh man. Well, finally, it just had a different energy to it when she, we're at breakfast and she's telling me, yeah, you know, it it's over. I feel it. And I felt it when she said that. And inside, I was like having a little party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for her. And um. And. I realized that I was not being sensitive to somebody who's been through a mm. four-year relationship with somebody, you know, her boyfriend, and is is in pain, even though she knows it's not right for her. You know, you can yeah. love somebody and know they're not right for you. I've been there many times on the flip side of this conversation where my friend is having a party, you know, in her head. <laughs> like, you finally get it. And um, it's part of our growth path, right? To sometimes we need that frying pan upside the head, you know, and, and all the time I'm like, please, universe, let me get the lessons and the messages without all the drama because oh. we don't need it, right, when we evolve. Uh, when I was younger, I needed it. And things just got worse, and I got the same lessons over and over and over again, right? And they just it got more extreme, the situations I was in. Um, it's part of the Helen backstory I was telling you about. But then I realized, wow, I, there can be these subtleties that I just learned from in life, you know? And, for example, with her, I, I made an amends to her right away. I was just like, I am so sorry. I am doing this thing that I have felt from other people in the past, you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. This is going to be great, you know, um, but I'm not being sensitive to this breakup that you're going through right now. So I'm really sorry. And she's like, oh, I really appreciate that. And she, yeah, it's nice to be able to do that, you know, and, and have friends that see when they screw up with you. Um, and, and screw up is a bad way of putting it. We all just kind of do these things. We have blind spots, yeah. you know. Um, but more and more, you can learn to see those blind spots and how they affect others and learn to be relational with people, which is really what I think we're all looking for. Uh, my dad, when when I was growing up, we, it was a very rich area that we grew up in, and he was like, you know, none of this stuff matters, really. There's no U-Haul behind a hearse. It's, uh, yeah, right? Um, it's your relationship with other people is what you're going to be thinking about on your deathbed and you're going to be doing a review of how was that you know how are these relationships now um do i regret things do i think i had amazing relationships with people and he was so right and when my dad passed away he had pancreatic cancer and i cared for him for about five months and changed my life because uh, you know the tables are turned <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm doing everything that he did for me when I was a baby like spoon feeding him and everything and um, and it, it grew me so much because I realized wow what he said is so true look at our beautiful relationship and he's on his deathbed you know most likely because that's a very serious diagnosis you know mm -hmm. and um, and I uh, it, uh, and also, you know, I do believe I'm a very spiritual person, mind, body, and I believe that he could have gotten better. 
um, if he had really believed it, it's possible, right? Um, it, it's just, it's amazing, and it's been documented, right? Um, but not very much, because I think a lot of people don't have that connection. But, you know, I saw him sort of surrender and, and be on a path to dying. And in that, I learned how to surrender, because at first I was in denial. Like, no, no, you're going to live. Like, rah, rah, cheerleader. Like, let's get this going. And um, and then I realized, you know what? Who am I to say? If, he, if it's his time, it's his time. Wow, that's yeah. such a mature yeah. mind state to be in right there. Yeah, well, and it came from our relationship, you know, and that lesson he taught me growing up. It came from that just knowingness that it's... We don't have control over other people, and they decide what's right for them. And we just get to decide, you know, for example, in friendships and in romantic relationships, is this person, does, do they fit in my life, right? Um, of course, with family, it's very different. Um, but my dad and I had a beautiful relationship, and right after he passed away, um, and it was a really amazing experience. Um, it may sound strange to you all listening, but, but my dad, um, he... He just cared for me so much, um, meaning he worried about me so much. And he'd be like, are your doors locked and all this oh, stuff, no. like my whole life. And I'm like, yes, dad, they are, you know. And he worried that I wouldn't make enough money or, no, that's worded poorly. He he just wanted me to always have all of my needs met and not be going through rough times in life, which we all go through when money's tight and all of that. And um, he was always my safety net, right? And if I broke my leg and couldn't work or whatever it was, you know, um, he was there and he was very, very hesitant to leave because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I told him, um, he waited for hours for me to get there. And I told him, Dad, you can go now. And oh, wow. he immediately died. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And I, um, I saw him like laying there. Oh my gosh! And and I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> couldn't stop smiling because it was it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. He to see this man who couldn't eat and and couldn't and was in constant pain. I was massaging him all the time. Um, to see just like life and death and energy and peace, um, it was beautiful. He was at peace. And, and what I learned right in that moment is I was like, wow, just thank you for being my dad. And we had a beautiful relationship. Not perfect. They never are. Sometimes he could be a real a-hole. <laughs> and I'm sure I can be that way sometimes too. Blind spots, right? But we would always resolve it. And, um, and, uh, and I realized when I was just looking at his beautiful body, <laughs> just laying there, um, I'm not only going to have amazing relationships, um, you know, throughout my life and, and beyond my deathbed, looking back and saying, oh, they were amazing. Like, thank you so much, life, for giving me this experience. I'm going to have a kick-ass relationship with myself. Oh. Change my life. And I do. Because you know what? No matter what happens, I mean... I've been cheated on, I've been lied to, like, I've been stolen from, you know. Um, all of that stuff is external. If I have the internal in place, then that relationship with myself, 
really everything else is okay with me because I don't have any control over it and I'm always safe and free. Wow. Yeah. For people looking to increase relationships with their family or friends, what would you recommend? What advice would you give? Oh, you asked the best questions. So, <clears throat> first of all, um, that place of... Uh, what is it, the serenity prayer, right? You know, um, pretty, pretty much everybody's familiar with the serenity yeah. prayer. If not, Google it. <laughs> and, um, and I would say that is such a wonderful <laughs> um, a compass for, for people who are lost in any type of relationship because we cannot control other people, you know? We really can't. We can control what we say and do and how we act and all of that. Um, but even then, you know, like I said, we have blind spots and we have to course correct, but we really, we, I believe it's to unconditionally love your family is a beautiful thing. It's, I was raised uh, Presbyterian and I, I don't practice religion currently, but what I did learn is this beautiful concept of God's grace. And it is one of my favorite concepts just on, in life is, um, Un, it's God's unconditional love for those who don't deserve it based on their sinning and all these, you know, concepts that are taught, you know. And <laughs> I thought, wow, what an amazing place to reach for everybody in your life, you know. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to keep them in your life. Uh, the the worst relationship I can think of that I've ever had um, I, I still feel love for him. I do. And I've always loved him, um, no matter what was going on. But we are not together anymore and not in each other's lives. And, and it's not because he's bad or terrible. It's just we're not on the same evolutionary path right now or, or point. And, um, and I send him love. Um, when people cut me off in traffic, uh, wow, I'm from California. I used to be like, oh, listen up. <laughs> and and now I, I mean, believe me, I'm not perfect with it. I still get angry, but um, but most of the time, I I hope I wish them well. You know, I I send any form of love or positivity or anything. It's you know, there's love is on a total. You can have passion, you can have joy, love. You know, all all of these things are really, if you boil it down, it's it's love. Um, I believe there's either fear or love in life and, um, everything can be boiled down to those things. And it's like, what does, what motivates you, you know, love and, um, connection or, um, fear. And we're all motivated by both. I believe this. Um, but typically high achievers, like the people I coach, um, are more motivated by what they want and that love, that desire, that, uh, providing value to the world, um, place. And of course themselves, I don't think that it's wrong to want to have a fabulous life. I mean, I think that is one of the gifts of being alive. You know, I, I heard, um, this concept uh, a while back where it's like wake up in the morning and just put your hands above your head like that victory V and um, and just thank God the universe life it doesn't matter um, for being alive you know and not not attached to anything like money or uh, my great 
romantic relationship or friends it's of course we're all grateful for those things too but just to be alive that's what my dad used to say he would get up on a beautiful day like this in Scottsdale Arizona and he would say what a beautiful glorious day isn't it just great to be alive and I I was confused I was like 12 years old when I started realizing what he was saying and I'm like Oh, wait, I'm starting to get it. <laughs> and then I, I did get it years later, and I was like, wow, it really is. It really is just amazing. I was walking here to this coffee shop, and I just saw the clouds above the building and all the trees, and I was just in, honestly in awe. Yeah. Yeah, so anybody listening at home, uh, especially in California, Arizona, or pretty much anywhere, honestly, take a look outside the window and realize it is a great day to be alive. It doesn't matter if it's raining shining whatever the situation is it's it's beautiful um in your personal life let's see right here what has your progression with psychology done for your personal relationships oh yeah um so i believe i got into psychology to uh learn about myself you know i had this I was the, that seven-year-old on the playground watching other people and, and wondering, I wonder why she just did that, you know? What's she trying to accomplish? Like, what is her need, right? And, um, and I, when I was in my aeronautical science program, you know, learning global navigation and aerodynamics, um, they were fun topics for me, but I, I took this, this one class um, called Psychology of Relationships. And Dr. Norman Brown, love him, he wrote a book, um, and he used the book in the class. And, um, and I was just in awe. I was like, wow, look at human behavior and how fascinating it is. And if I can, number one, understand myself better, because there's that saying, physician, heal thyself, right? Mm. How am I going to help other people if I haven't first worked on the things that I am wanting to help them with? And I, I believe I'll always be on a growth path, you know, it's it's just the way life is. I've, I've not arrived, I don't believe anybody has arrived. Um, but but I, I read that book and, you know, we had to do this, uh, it was called a relationship resume of all of the relationships in our life and, and apply his text to our relationships. And it was supposed to be five pages, and I wrote 18 and wow. realized that the paper was due soon, and I just had to wrap it up. <laughs> but I had more. And and he was just, he's like, you're an amazing writer. It's one of my passions. He's like, you should be a writer. And I was like, I so want to be a writer. Um, and we would talk after class, and, and it just made me realize, wow, this is what I want to do. It's in, in high school, I either wanted to be a lawyer, psychologist, or pilot. They all appealed to me on different levels. And um, psychology really brought me to myself and made me start that that growth path that I talked about for 20 years, you know. And, um, and from that place, I realized my own human condition and the things that I had really struggled with and and learning about my own mortality and just like, do I really want this life when things were really rough? You know, just everything that I've been through and, um, and realizing, wow, I want to learn, I want to become a master of myself. And like I said, it's never done, but as best I can so that I can help people 
accelerate through the things that took me a really long time to get. Mm. And so I became a scientist <laughs> on how to learn the ways that people can go faster. And I developed uh, my own program for this. Uh, we're getting it trademarked and copyrighted. We're talking about developing an app, and I didn't even know this, but you patent the code on on an app. And, um, and so it just uh, evolved from this place of helping people with relationships by first helping myself. It's kind of like airline wisdom, right? You know, put on your own oxygen mask before you help anybody else. And it's not intuitive for people like me because I used to be a person who was very um, focused on other people. I didn't know how to receive. I didn't know how to give to myself. Um, and I was drained all the time. I was that girl in high school that all my friends were calling like, oh my gosh, my boyfriend just did this. I'm like, tell me everything. <laughs> but I didn't really have anybody to do that with, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I learned that, um, yeah, people all want those relationships. And you know, when I ask people, what do you want? The number one question is love. Wow. Yeah. The number one question. For somebody that's lost right now and they're just looking for their first step in the right direction, what would you recommend? Um, so first of all, <laughs> I think it's a beautiful place to be lost. Um, I've been lost many times in my life and I know there will be many more times. Um, surrendering to that feeling and embracing it is step one because what we resist persists. Mm. and you won't get through it if you're like things shouldn't be this way and that's one of the main things I work on with people is this state of acceptance that things are this way it's it's uh psychology has a term called radical acceptance and it's just like accept it exactly the way it is you know I feel lost um and also I went once uh had a Native American storytelling session amazing and she told a story in which she said, in order to find yourself, you first have to be lost. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And um, so embrace that feeling. And then I definitely think, like back to when I said the mentor-apprentice relationship. So people can either go fast or slow in life. I believe that. And we all have a finite amount of time. So find that mentor, seek them out. Um, ask around, network, say, this is what I want to work on. Uh, look for people who have what you want and build a relationship with them because most people are in a place, even if they're very uh, workaholic -y or something, but most people are in a place where they want to give to others, you know? And we just had our coffees bought for us today because yeah. we had like some fraud issue on a credit card, right? And, and the guy behind us bought our coffees. And I could tell he felt really good about doing that, right? And so, um, remind me of your question. I just sometimes get distracted. You answered it Did perfectly. I? Yeah, okay. you answered it perfectly 100%. Great. Um, man, what's your plans for the future? Where, what are your goals right now? What's going oh, on in your plate? I have so many plans. Um, so... Right now, it's definitely to build my coaching business. Um, my uh, psychology practice has been such a beautiful experience. I have two offices here in the Valley, and um, and I love all my clients so much. It's, 
it's amazing. Um, but I'm not taking new clients and I'm uh, building my coaching practice. And from that place, you know, I find that I have a lot more, um, a lot, like the sky is the limit on what I can do with people as a coach. Um, I, I don't have to meet with them in the office, you know, as a psychologist, which is a certain role, right? Mm -hmm. um, a coach, I can do many, th I could go to Italy with them and we could work on something in Italy. You know what I mean? It's, um, I think I've mentioned Italy like three times. I love Italy. <laughs> I've, I've been hearing it. I've been hearing it. It's one of my favorite places. It's just so beautiful there. Tuscany. Oh my gosh. And we um, have we have some listeners out in Italy right now. Wonderful. So. They know exactly what I'm talking about. It. I hope they don't take it for granted because they live there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the coaching right now is the way that I feel in my heart that I'm contributing the most to the world, you know, and helping um, high achievers at both the startup level and the high net worth level. Both of those levels I just have so much passion for. And I find that they have overlap of similar issues, you know, because they're high achieving entrepreneurs. Um, and, and so it, it has a ripple effect, right? Just like my dad, he, he threw the, the little pebbles in the pond and some of those waves hit me and they hit other people. And, and I see that ripple effect through my life. And so if I am helping these high achievers, I mean, they're high achievers, it's like, it has this viral effect of them helping the world and helping the world and it's just amazing and so that is part of my legacy of love i have other goals um i have a passion for fashion hey i love fashion so much and you know it used to be to look beautiful and get attention from men <laughs> and now it is because I, I see my body as the canvas and the closure of the paint. I, it's like uh, art. It's like art. I love it so much. And it, it just really resonates with me, not from a materialistic standpoint. From the outside looking in, I may look materialistic. Um, it's not. I'm a very sensory person. I love this coffee I was sharing um, earlier that this is my favorite chai tea latte I've ever had. And I come here all the time. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I love really great perfumes and colognes. And so it, it's like art to me. It's very sensory, right? Like the feeling of rapture you get when you're looking at the stars at night and there's not like any light from the city. It's, it's that feeling of just, um, being enthralled with something. Uh, that is the feeling I get with all these sensory experiences and it's not hedonistic, you know, it's just it's the essence of life. So I would love to get to a point to where I have my own clothing line. Um, love that so much. And, um, I'm very into makeup as well. I love it. Again, it's art, um, and very sensory. And I really want to get into the reality TV realm as well. Um, where it's helping real people with the stuff that I've talked about on this uh. podcast. Yeah. Um, and not that my clients aren't real people, but I think, you know, through watching a reality TV show, which is really just the, the culture we're in right now, so many people can learn from that. Like, it's infinite almost, right? Um, because it's just broadcast everywhere and it's, it's viral, right? You know, one person the next. And I think the more value that, that I provide to the world, 
the more it is shared, the more those ripples happen, right? And um, and so the reality TV, I I really want to help women with. Uh, it's an area I'm very passionate about with relationships with men because mm-hmm. I think, um, like I said, that number one question, both men and women, is love, and um, in love in all of its forms, right? those wonderful friendships, um, romantic relationships, family relationships. But, you know, we all want that, uh, that romantic partner that gets us and inspires us and holds us accountable and, and really helps us grow even more because people are our mirrors as well. Right. And they show us our, our rough things that need to be polished. And, um, so it's, uh, I lost track of your question. You're good. You answered you it perfectly. You always say that. I love it. <laughs> you answered it perfectly. Um, yeah. Why do you feel like humans so across the board are searching for love? Oh, man. Well, all you need is love, right? <laughs> the Beatles. Um, I think that it is one of the most, uh, I'm going to say it is the most powerful force on, on this earth, um, in my opinion. Uh, I, I can be in a state of love all the time you know it's it's a decision it's a choice it's not I don't think it needs to be learned I I can walk outside and just feel it in the flower the bird the tree um it's being connected I believe it's like uh, I learned years ago this concept of we're all connected uh as if you removed all of the water from the oceans of the world all of the land is connected you know it's just islands wow and and that's how we are and i think people feel that you know and and if they feel it and they feel lost or alone or lonely and i've been there um perhaps they feel this on a level that they're part of something you know this whole that we're all part of something bigger than just the individual like the sum of its parts right um and and i think we long for it we long for more of it and and you can always have more love there's never a limit on love no no and uh, i i saw this in a movie it was oh my it's escaping me but uh she said no one has ever measured the capacity of the human heart yeah it's amazing so amazing oh man and I know that you have to get out of here soon. I see it. Um, any closing remarks for everybody at home? Any oh, topics nice. you want to just hit on one more time? Oh, there's so many. I have so many books in my head. You know, it's crazy. Um, and I would say, um, you know, you mentioned people who are on here that are lost. And I think, you know, at any point in my life, I, I feel that lost in some area because that's growth, right? It's. Uh, you have to feel uncomfortable and like you don't know what the F you're doing to grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so uh, my biggest point of uh, just focus would say, look at those places in your life and really embrace them. Don't ignore them. I- I've ignored them um, at times in my life and they just get louder and louder and louder. <laughs> and it's like, why not just listen to it right when it starts? really tune in and this may sound strange but 
I believe it's true. Right, you know when I said high achievers are motivated more by pleasure than pain, right? More by what they want rather than what they don't want. But we are all motivated by both. And I think when you're lost, you got to look at both and you know journal about it do a pros and cons like it a positive negative whatever how, however you work but um really connect with i'm not okay with where i am at, in this point in my life you know and almost to a point of disgust you know mm. and it sounds strange right like to be disgusted with um an area of your life not oneself um, I don't recommend that at all. I recommend learning to love yourself. I didn't always, but now I do, and it just oozes from my pores. Like, it's just <laughs> who I am, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, getting to that place to where you really feel the pain of where you're at. Like, for example, at times in my life, I'm a bit of a clutter bug, and I'm like, oh, the jeans can just go on the floor, and then the boxes go on the floor, and the business cards go on the floor, and it just gets to be clutter buggy. And I, I'm like, I have to reach a point of disgust with it to change it. <laughs> because if I'm like, oh, so the rest of the house is great, you know? Um, I'm like, I enable myself to not change and not feel uncomfortable. And you have to feel that discomfort to change. So I feel the disgust and I'm like, well, this is just nonsense. I mean, I don't feel comfortable in this room because it's just got clutter everywhere. And then I feel the, I instantly switch it to what is that that vision of this room how it looks and feels like really feeling it like experiencing it i'm not talking an emotion oh i feel happy in here when it's clean uh experiencing it with all the cells of my body how do i feel in here when it's very organized and everything's in its place i feel at peace and i feel joy and that is what really motivates me because I'm a high achiever. But I do believe you have to look at both. And so um, the, that would be my my main. And, and find a mentor. <laughs> find a mentor. Yes. It will help you go very fast. You can read self-help books till you're blue and go to seminars till you're, you know, the cows come home. But you, I really believe that one-on-one place, whoever it is in your life, having that mentor and being an apprentice and listening to the mentor because many high achieving people don't want to listen. I'm like, well, you know, put this much butter in the cake. Uh, I don't want to put that much butter. It's not healthy. It's not this. It's not that. It's like, really? Um, have you ever, have you ever baked this kind of cake? Because I have over and over and over and over. And so you can't argue with success and I'm your mentor and so let's do it my way as an experiment, right? When I said that, <laughs> that life is like an experiment, it's heuristic, not scientific. Some things are scientific, but if you're going to get in the flow of life, it's very heuristic. And, um, and so let's, let's try it my way and see what happens. I'm not always right, but, you know, statistics in my statistics and working with over 400 people say this most likely is going to work. Like why do it the way where you think you're going to be the exception to the rule? Yeah. Wow. Major knowledge, major value. 
If somebody wanted to hear more of you, get in touch with you, I know that you're not accepting clients right now. What's yeah. a, Do you have any books out? Do you have any YouTube seminars? Anything that you can pass on to people? Yeah, so I'm not accepting psychology clients that my, because my uh, as a psychologist, but as a coach, I'm definitely accepting uh, clients, absolutely. And um, so, yeah, definitely get in touch with me. I don't know if we're going to provide a link or something. Yeah, I'll put or, a link in the box. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to talk to anybody who's interested. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. So this is a great podcast with Dr. Christina Gordon. Gained a lot of knowledge. Um, I hope everybody at home did too. Plan on doing a lot more of these. Very excited about the future. Well, just say thank you to Dr. Gordon right here. Had an amazing time with her. And I know that there's going to be a lot more conversations in the future. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is Guap Brady. This is the Guapcast, And we're two minutes under our mark. So we're going to end it right here. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Fantastic.